Hello, my friends. My name is Madge, and this is the MadgeCast, where we talk about how to deal with all the crazy shit that's happening in the world, no matter how depressing it is, because I don't know, what the fuck else are we going to do? This week, I rode the wave of excitement preceding Rachel Maddow's show on the Donald's 2005 tax returns, and then I watched Twitter get pissed off at her for not fixing our entire broken democracy in the A block of one night show. I also joined the rest of the world in marveling at Angela Merkel's ability to be around our president without rolling her eyes 100% of the time. Um, And as all this goes down, I have to admit, I still kind of can't believe this is what's happening. I mean, I'm organizing and I'm calling and I'm trying to do my part, but this week I've been feeling a little bit like, whoa, dude, we are definitely in the incorrect timeline or something very odd is happening. Um, But I think this is kind of what happens in the atmosphere of rising totalitarianism all the time, right? There's this fog of confusion and eeriness and drama around everything. And it's not an accident. Uh, It's there for a reason. It's there to confuse people and to make this opaque wall of weirdness that overwhelms the senses to keep us so focused on how strange everything is that they can do whatever the fuck they want which pisses me off uh, and also seems to totally work on me and on a lot of people, I think. I mean, our best defense against it is to do what we're doing, right? To keep calling, keep resisting, keep thinking and acting as clearly as we can. But it's not simple and it's not easy. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of fatigue set into our movement Uh, In episode seven, we talked about how to become an activist, and I laid out three steps in the process. The first one is to find a way in. The second is to show up. And the third is to keep showing up. And a lot of us, I think, are on that third step now, and it's really the hardest step by far because it's where all the actual work of resisting gets done. It's the step where you try to find a place to hold meetings and you read policy statements and you educate yourself on the bills that are coming down the pipe and you stay vigilant for fake news and you talk with your members of Congress. But I mean, let's be honest, besides the protests, none of this is exactly thrilling, right? (laughs) A lot of it is actually pretty frustrating. Um, Even amongst people that, uh, you know, ideologically we're aligned with right? Because people are weird. They agree to do stuff and then they, they, they don't do it or they do it um, in a way that doesn't make any sense. Or maybe they want to fight about Bernie the whole time or whatever. I mean, people are annoying. We've established that. But they're also who we love, right? Who we want to protect and what we are fighting for. So all of the frustration that inevitably comes out of the friction of people moving with each other to get stuff done, all of that has to be processed in some way and let go so we can continue showing up for each other despite our humanness because of our humanness. And um, this is why everyone talks about self-care and says that, you know, As we resist, we have to make sure we take care of ourselves. We have to rest and drink water. 
We have to take a day off here and there from getting the damage reports from the internet. Um, maybe read a book that's not related to revolution or dystopia in any way. Uh, or maybe watch the live jellyfish cam from the Monterey Bay Aquarium for a while. That is a surefire way to get me to calm down. I'll put the link in the show notes in case that sounds nice to you too. But basically, um, all this stuff that we're told to do to take good care of ourselves, I have to say I normally just forget or I throw it out the window because I read about how one week of Melania's security could pay for a year's worth of Meals on Wheels for old people, and suddenly I'm enraged and ready to join the Mockingjay to go down to the Capitol and bring the president down. Um, In episode 11, I interviewed Katie Farnan, who was one of the leaders of my local Indivisible group, and she mentioned that in our last meeting, she had a whole topic she wanted to address about self-care, but before we got there, we ran out of time. And that is the perfect metaphor, I think, for how a lot of us live. We know we should take care of ourselves. We know it's absolutely crucial if we want to keep going. But in the heat of the moment, it's the first thing to get crowded out. And I know, like, I need to address this for myself, right? Because I keep going through these big cycles of activism, 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 and then exhaustion and depression and lying on the couch and then feeling guilty and then somehow working myself up to get back into the activism, activism, activism role again. And uh, maybe that cycle I'm talking about is totally normal, but I feel like there's got to be a better way to go about it. Um, In one way, I like thinking about activism itself as a practice, like a yoga practice or a meditation practice or something, where you show up each day, you do what you're capable of doing that day, and if you fall out of the practice, you just allow yourself to fall back into it, right, without judging yourself too harshly or wigging out about it. Um, And I know that when I have made progress in my life on on big goals, that's the method that's, that's worked for me. Not kicking my own ass, but um, the opposite, being very forgiving of my own humanity and just letting the past go and trying again over and over. Um, but I feel very conflicted about approaching activism this way because it's different than yoga, right? Like if I don't do yoga, who cares? It doesn't impact anyone but me. Um, Whereas if I don't do activist work, shit will just continue to deteriorate, right? More and more people will suffer. Um, But I can't do it 24 hours a day. So I don't know, y'all. I'm trying to take care of myself. Um, I did start doing yoga again, and um, at least I was able to stop eating cheesesteaks and ice cream every single day of my life. Um. So I'm trying to take care of myself, and I'm also trying to be a responsible citizen. I just wish that any of it felt like enough. Um, All right, all that being said, I'm here by declaring the rest of my Sunday to be not about the Donald. Because honestly, fuck that guy. He's already taken over all of the TV news, half the internet. Um, He doesn't get to take over my whole fucking life as well, right? And I have to admit, looking at it that way is very motivating to me. Uh, I have a big middle finger in my heart, right? I am very angry still about many things, and connecting to that anger gets me moving. Um, 
when you boil down, when I look at, you know, where my anger is coming from and I try to boil it down to the, you know, simplest component, I think what it mostly comes down to is I'm so angry at this world because we are so clearly suffering from the homogeneous rule of rich white dudes. And yet we are so unwilling to do shit about it. Um, People are already starting to talk about who should run on the Democratic ticket in 2020 for president. And um, from what I'm hearing, people are talking about white dudes. They're talking about Kennedys because, you know, we want to win, right? And Hillary just proved that a woman can't win. And of course, that makes me turn green and bust out of my sweatpants because I am pretty sure that the solution to misogyny is not just running more white dude candidates forever, right? I mean, Jesus Christ, dudes run everything already. And they're missing a lot. Uh, By missing, I mean they're not paying any attention to a lot of very important things. There are huge swaths of human experience that they have no way to understand or even be aware of. And on top of that, they're not even interested in learning about these huge swaths of things that they don't understand. Uh, I read an article this week that went pretty deeply into this idea, this idea that the world is suffering from the overwhelming whiteness and maleness of its leadership. And I'll link to it in the show notes, but the argument that the author Soraya Chimali is making is not just about the fact that white males suck, it's mostly about the fact that they hold a disproportionate amount of power compared to the actual space they occupy in the population. So here's a a quote from the piece. White men, overwhelmingly conservative men, are only 31% of the population, but they hold 65% of elected offices. They make up between 73 and 100% of police departments, Fortune 500 companies, tenured professorships, and Hollywood management. In Silicon Valley, numbers reflect the same institutionalized imbalances, despite the best intentions of any individual men who benefit from this fraternity. Such is the the cultural force of these imbalances that even using the words white and men descriptively in the same sentence is considered by many to be sexist and racist. Um, So, you know, when people talk about white men, we're not saying they all suck. I mean, sure, many of them do. Many, many of them do. Uh, But there are also some good ones, right? And we all know that. And we've all known that ever since Mrs. Banks sang it in Mary Poppins. Um, Though we adore men individually, we agree that as a group, they're rather stupid. And uh, as a group, they also hold almost all of the positions of power. They're the ones deciding to frack the country's water supply into oblivion. They're the ones doubling down on fossil fuels in general. They're the ones gutting health care, gutting environmental standards, refusing to allow women biological freedom, uh, privatizing prisons, using state resources to kill black people. All the bad shit we hate, conservative white men are promoting. Um, and I'm not saying that white skin or male gender identity confers all this dickishness on people automatically or genetically, right? The problem is more subtle than that. The problem is um, that white guys are taught since the moment they're born that the world belongs primarily to them. 
to the point where they feel free to make decisions on shit that doesn't even apply to them, that they don't know anything about, like reproductive health care for women or free school lunches or whether or not Beyonce was pretentious in her Golden Goddess Grammys performance, which I'm like, bitch, really? Why do you think anyone cares about your opinion on this stuff? But they actually think that they know what's best for everybody, that their opinion is the one that matters about everything, because that's what our culture taught them. Um, And it's pretty fucked up if you stop and really think about it. They claim all this space and this power because they were taught that it rightfully is theirs. Um, And of course, they don't like it when we try to spread things out more equitably. But um, just imagine for a minute, what would the world be like if all the Rex Tillersons and the Mike Pences only held 30% of the power or less? How much education and healthcare and environmental protection legislation do you think we could get passed? How much criminal justice reform? Um, I don't kid myself that white women are perfect, right? I, I don't even think we're mostly good or even materially better than men. And I don't think black people are saints. Um, there's plenty of dumb, greedy people in every demographic group. But I don't know, maybe we'd at least be dumb and greedy in a different way. <laughs> like, uh, maybe it wouldn't feel so much like the dark version of Groundhog Day, where instead of figuring it out over, the t- over time, Bill Murray fucks it up worse and worse every single day. Um, sometimes I think about this, like when Ruth Bader Ginsburg said, like when, you know, someone asked her, when are there going to be enough women on the Supreme Court? And she said, when there are nine and people lost their shit. Um, there's been nine men for a long fucking time, you guys. And um, I really wonder sometimes, like, how are we going to change that? One idea that I had um, is this idea of political reparations. So, um, for, for instance, if we could figure out a way that only women and people of color would be able to vote and hold office for, like, the next hundred years or something. Um, and it only seems fair to me, right? I put, it, uh, put the idea up on Facebook a week or so ago, and, um, you know, there was a good discussion about it. But I feel like white men have had their shot. And they've done some things all right, Um, like, you know, we can fly through the air. There was a really good Fellowship of the Ring movie, (laughs) but they've really fucked up some other things, right? Um, Like, seriously fucked up some other things, like the ocean and the fact that there's a military-industrial complex that's more important than basically any other structure in our society. So, um, you know, maybe women and people of color could have a go. Maybe it's time for us to have a chance. And I'm sure we'd fuck a lot of things up ourselves, but uh, maybe we could also get some long neglected problems handled simply because they impact us so we are aware of them. When I posted this on my Facebook page, I was honestly pretty surprised by how many of my friends were on board with the idea. Um, I expected that I was going to get a huge backlash, and only a couple people called me racist. So it was better than I thought, but clearly not everyone's ready for it. At any rate, um, that's what I'm finding myself thinking about a lot these days. How we can get white dudes to give up power. Can we do it via voting? I really hope that we can. Because if voting doesn't work, the next option is revolution. And those are probably a lot less fun than what they look like in the movies. 
So I think we'll see in 2018, assuming we make it that long. Oh, God. I feel like everything I say these days has a laugh and a sob built into it. At any rate, um, after I get this podcast up today, I'm going to hang out and read non-dystopian books and maybe do some painting and um, refresh myself so I can jump back into the fray tomorrow. And um, as always, I would love to hear your thoughts on self-care, on how we get white dudes to give up some of their power, not all of it, just some, Uh, and even on the idea of political reparations. What are your thoughts on that? How might that work? Um, You can reach me at belesscrazy at gmail.com. You can also leave a comment on my blog at belesscrazy.com. Uh, Don't forget that you can subscribe on iTunes, and if you wanted to leave me a review while you're there, I would be pleased about that. Um, But yeah, I hope that you all have a good week. I hope you can find a good balance between the lover and the fighter within. Stay strong.